Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. So I am excited today as we wrap up this series we've been doing the last month called Soap. Everybody look at your neighbors and ask them, did you use your soap? Did you use yourself today? We've been having a little bit of fun with this, but we've really had some really important goals throughout this month. In fact, if you've been at LifeGate for very long, you might know that July is Bible month at LifeGate. And what that means is there really are two goals every July that we try to do. The first one is as your pastor, I want to teach you how to read and study the word of God. I want to do everything that I can to give you the tools to be able to do that, to help you to develop a passion for reading and studying and applying God's word in your life. So how many of you over this last month, how many of you have been doing your soap, reading your Bible? Come on, all over the room, raise your hand. Good. How many of you have gotten a little behind somewhere along the way, missed a few days? That's okay. It's okay. There is grace for that. You don't have to go back and make it all up. Just start today. Just start back where you dropped off. And here's the deal. I'm telling you, if you will make this a habit in your life, it will change you. And not only will it change the way you think and change the way that you live, it'll begin to get inside of you and you'll get a passion for God's word in your heart. And that is our goal. But not only that, we want to get God's word, the life-changing word of God to people in the world who do not have a Bible in their language. It's amazing that there are still people in the world who don't have a Bible that they can actually read in their language. And so through Fire Bible, we are doing that. You'll have an opportunity to give today towards that. And that's what this soap thing is really all about. What soap is, is soap is is a daily Bible study plan that we have been teaching you. And if you've been here through this series, you know exactly what soap's all about. You've been trying it out. But I know that every Sunday we have some folks that are joining us for the first time. So we're going to catch them up real fast. If you know what soap stands for, everybody say it out loud today. The S stands for scripture. The O stands for observation. The A stands for application. The P stands for what? Come on, say it. Prayer, prayer, prayer. And so this is what we're doing is that through the month of July, we have been studying through the book of Acts together, 28 chapters in Acts, reading one every single day and doing this soap method where we just ask God to give us the scripture. We write down our observations. We write down our applications. We write down our prayer and we study the word of God together. And as we have been doing this, man, I'm telling you, God has been speaking to every one of us. And what is so cool is that through this month, we did one chapter every day, and on Friday, we finished it up. Come on, how many made it all the way to the very end? Come on, give yourselves a hand. Everybody give these guys a hand. I think I think it's awesome. If you didn't do it, you can just catch up, all right? That's cool. And here's what happened. On Friday, we got to Acts chapter 28, the last chapter of Acts. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to study that together. We're going to do a soap together for Acts chapter 28. So why don't you go ahead and get your Bibles out, turn with me to Acts chapter 28, and go ahead and put your finger on Acts chapter 27 too, because we're going to throw a little bit of that in there today as well. But as I'm as I'm looking at Acts chapter 28, the verse that, that just popped 
pops out to me is found in Acts chapter 28, starting with verse number 7. And this is our scripture for today. Let's read it together. It's on the screen there today. It says, There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysteria. And Paul went to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. And when this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honored us in many ways. And when we were ready to sail, they finished, uh, they furnished us with the supplies that we needed. Now, here's the deal. In order to understand what's going on here, you got to do a little background. You got to kind of actually back up to Acts chapter 27, which that's okay because we just read that on Thursday, right? And we got to understand what's happening with Paul, that God has called Paul and Paul, man, he has this dream in his heart to go to go to, uh, to go to Italy and to preach. And, and he gets on this boat and he's on this boat. And when he gets on the boat, man, there's this major storm that just begins to brew. And when the storm begins to, begins to arise, man, the boat starts breaking up. I mean, so much so that the Bible tells us that they were, they were barely holding it together with ropes. And I mean, it, it got, it got pretty scary. They couldn't see the sun. They couldn't see the moon. And I mean, for, for days they're in this storm, they're throwing stuff overboard. They're trying to do everything that they can. Some guys tried to get on the lifeboats and tried to escape. And Paul told them, if you get on the lifeboats, if you leave the boat, you're going to die. And all this stuff happens until finally the storm blows them up onto shore, onto this island called Malta and they get to the island of Malta and it's kind of like whoosh you know we survived the storm and here we are finally on dry land and they they build this fire and some of the people from the island are there with them and they're cooking some food and all of a sudden out of the fire a snake jumps out and bites Paul on the arm how many would say Paul's not having a good week you know what I'm saying I mean he's been through this storm now he's bit by a snake but the Bible says he just shook the snake off and it didn't hurt him and so now the people are like this dude must be a god what is going on? So then we get to our passage here, and they bring him to the leader of the tribe, and the leader of the tribe has a dad who is sick, and so Paul prays for the dad who is sick, and God heals the dad. So now they're like bringing all the sick people to him, and now all these people are getting healed, and then they give them all that they need to get back on the boat and get where they need to go. Come on, this is crazy story, right? I mean, some of us, you think, you think your Bible is boring. You need to just read it. There's some interesting stuff in there. And as I read that in Acts chapter 27 and Acts chapter 28, I I, I come to the observation for the day. In fact, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. This is today's observation. You ready for this? God will get you where he wants you. In fact, why don't you look at your neighbor? Just tell him God will get you where he wants you. Look at your other neighbor. Look at your second choice today. Tell him God will get you where he wants you. Some of you are here today and you're wondering, like, will God get me where he wants me? Does God have a plan for me? Some of you are here today and maybe you even feel disoriented by the storms that have come in your life. Maybe some of you are here today and it feels like everything is being broken up, like the the boat that you're on is falling apart. Your life is falling apart. Your marriage is falling apart. Your job situation, your finances are falling apart. Some of you are even here today and you're just like, Pastor, I feel a little bit snake bit. Like I've had some problems and I have had some struggles and I've had some stuff that is coming and I know that God has a plan for me, but this surely can't be part of the plan. 
I know God wants to get me somewhere, but I didn't think it would look a little bit like this. How many know what I'm talking about? And here's what I want to tell you. I want to encourage you today that God will get you where he wants you to be. If you came into this place today and you're discouraged by stuff that's happening in your life, let me just encourage you. Let me give you some hope today and tell you God will get you there. But let me also tell you this. It might not be easy. See, God will get you where he wants you to be, but the journey might be a little rougher than you thought it was going to be. In fact, this is the observation that I, that I see when I look at Paul and I see the situation in Acts 27 and Acts 28. I actually see a few observations today. If you're taking notes, you might want to write these five things down today. The first one is this, is that God will get you where he wants you, but here's what you got to know. You might sometimes get a little off course. How many have ever experienced that before? That, man, you, you know where you're going, and, and you try to get there, but then, but then something comes up, and it, and, it, and it comes against you. In fact, this is what we see happen with Paul in Acts chapter 27 and verse 6. Look what it says. It says, there the officer found a ship from Alexandria that was going to Italy, so he put us on it. And we sailed slowly for many days, and we had a hard time reaching the city because the wind was blowing against us. Come on, how many have ever felt like there was a wind blowing against you? Come on, I'm trying to go where God wants me to be, but it just seems like everything just keeps coming against me. The wind keeps, keeps hindering me from getting where I need to go. And then look what happened. So what did they do? We sailed by the south side of the island of Crete. Now, Paul had an idea of where he was going to go and how he was going to get there, but God had a different idea of how he was going to get there, right? How many know that's true in life sometimes? That we have in our mind what the journey is going to look like and how we're going to get there, but sometimes stuff happens. Sometimes the wind blows against us. Sometimes the storms come. Sometimes the situations come. And what we have to understand is, yes, God will get us where he wants us, but sometimes the course that we planned and the course that God planned are two different things. And in our minds, man, we think, you know, I know how to get there, but God goes, no, no, no. I know how I'm going to get you there. In fact, the scripture says it like this in Proverbs 16 and verse 9. It says, we can make our plans, but look what it says, but what? Everybody say it aloud. But the Lord directs our steps. Maybe some of you are here today, and maybe, maybe you had things planned out one way, and things aren't exactly happening the way you had them planned in your mind. And the encouragement is that God will get you there. It just might not look the way you planned, that it's the Lord who directs your steps, that, yes, we make our plans, but in the end, it's God who gets us where he wants us. See, God will get us where he wants us, but, man, there may be some detours along the way. Number two, write this one down. God will get you where he wants you, but here's what you got to know. The journey might take longer than you expected. In fact, check this out. Look at verse number seven. It says, and we sailed. Everybody say it out loud, this word, because it's so important. And we sailed what? Slowly. That was like two of you that said that. We're going to try that again, all right? And we sailed what? Slowly for many days. And we had a hard time reaching the city because the wind was blowing against us and we couldn't go any further. How many have ever experienced this? Like you're going, man, I know God's got a plan, but this stuff ain't happening as fast as I want it to. Come on, you know what I'm saying? And, and here's the thing that, that I'm learning in life. I've been trying to actually learn it myself and actually trying to teach it, teach it to my family, teach it to our staff and leaders. In fact, one time we did like a whole message uh, on it, teaching to our, to our leaders. So I'm going to teach it to you today. It's a very profound wisdom for today. I'm telling you, you might even want to write this down. Are you ready to be blown away by this wisdom and knowledge? You ready? I don't think you're ready. All right, here it is. Write it down. Everything takes longer 
than you think. How many have experienced that in life? Come on, isn't it right? I mean, so, so many times I think we're, we're so optimistic that we think, I mean, maybe it's a project around the house. You're like, man, I'm just going to knock this thing out real quick. Come on, how many ever said those words before? Famous last words, right? Because everything takes longer than you think it's going to take. You might as well just expect it. In fact, like we're doing this, this, uh, this building project right now, and we've been working on it for really almost a year now, and you still don't even really see anything happening, and so it kind of gets frustrating. And so I've talked to a few of my pastor buddies and mentors and stuff said, hey, as we go into this building project, what, what are one or two things of wisdom that you could tell me about the building and whatever? And I'm telling you, to a man, everyone that I've asked has told me this one piece of advice, and the piece of advice is you just need to expect it's going to take longer and it's going to cost more than you thought it was going to. In fact, one guy said, he said, however long they tell you it's going to take, add three months to that. And however much they tell you it's going to cost, add 30% to that. And then you'll probably be pretty close to what it's going to be. Now, we know it's true in life. And here's the thing. If we know that going in, then when it takes longer, what happens? We're not going to be too frustrated. But if we have an expectation in our mind about how something's going to go or how long something's going to take, guess what? When it takes longer than that, what happens? It's the expectation gap. Like when what I expect and what I experience, when, when those aren't the same, there's a gap. And what's in that gap? Frustration. And so some of us are in life. Some of you are here right now in your life, and you're going, man, this is taking so long. I knew, I thought God had a plan for me, but man, it's not happening. I thought by, by the time I was 25, I'd be married, but I'm 35 and I'm not, and I'm not married. I thought we'd have kids by now. We don't have kids by now. I thought my business would be going better by now. I thought I'd have my dream job by now. I thought I'd be in ministry by now. I thought I'd be in the position I wanted to be by now. And I'm frustrated because it's taken longer than I thought that it was going to take. Come on, right? And here's the deal. God will get you there. Be encouraged. But here's what you got to know. It might take longer than you think. In fact, this is why Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible, let us not grow weary in doing good for what? Everybody say these words for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Some of you are here today and you're going, why am I not getting there? And maybe you're not there yet because it's not the proper time. And how many know the proper time is not necessarily my time. The proper time is God's time. And if I don't give up, he will get me there. See, see, God wants to get you where he wants you. It may, it may take longer than you think. Number, number three, write this one down. God will get you where he wants you to be. But here's what you got to know. It might get a little scary. In fact, look at, this, look at this passage again in Acts chapter 27, verse 14. Look what it says. It says, but then a strong wind named the Northeaster came from the island, and the ship was caught in it and could not sail against it. So we stopped trying and let the wind carry us. And when we went below a small island named Kata, we were barely able to bring in the lifeboat. And after the men took the lifeboat in, they tied ropes around the ship to hold it together. The men were afraid. Look at that word. They were afraid that the ship would, would hit the sand the sandbank. So they lowered the sail and let the wind carry the ship. And the next day, the storm was blowing so hard that we threw some of the cargo overboard. A day later, we had to throw some of the ship's equipment overboard. And when we could not even see the sun or the stars for many days because the storm was so bad, we lost all hope of even being saved. I mean, this is a scary situation. Like, you imagine yourself 
out on the out on the water in the middle of the sea and the boat is falling apart. You're holding it together by ropes. Imagine yourself, man. It's so dark that you can't see the sun or the stars, not just for a few minutes, but for days. You're throwing stuff overboard because you don't even know if you're going to make it. How many know that's a scary situation? And here's the deal, guys, is that you have to understand, following God, God will get you where he wants you. But man, there's going to be some times when it'll be scary. He doesn't, he doesn't promise us that there won't be any storms along the way or that it will always be a smooth ride. And some of you are here today and you're facing some stuff and maybe, maybe you, you even feel scared. Like, what do I do about my job? What do I do about my marriage? What do we do about our finances or our health? And, and man, I'm telling you, there's a fear that sometimes grips our heart when we're living by faith. In fact, I just got to tell you, honestly, as your pastor, there's been some times Man, in these 20 years that I've been in full-time ministry, in these last 11 years that I've been the leader of this church and plant this church from the beginning, man, there's, there's been some times when I was scared. I'll just tell you honestly. Like, there, man, there's times I remember when we first started this church, it was just me and my wife and my two little toddler girls. And, man, we didn't have, we didn't have an income. We didn't have a job. We didn't have anything. I didn't know how we were going to pay the bills. didn't know what we were going to do. Man, I'll tell you, that's scary I tell you, there's been some times, even as we've led the church, where situations happen that were no fault of my own, but stuff that was hard. And I'm telling you, it was it was scary things that I I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to handle it. There have been some of you that have gone through some struggles and some stuff, and and you come for help, and I'm like, I don't know how to help you. I don't know what to do. And I'm telling you, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes when you follow God, there's going to be some stuff that's going to come along in your life that, that, that there, may be, there may be some fear along the way. Having faith doesn't mean that we're not ever scared. But notice what they did when they were afraid. Look what it says in verse 15. It says, we were afraid, so what we do? We stopped trying and we let the wind carry us. Man, that's powerful right there. Some of you, man, you're, you're trying so hard because you're scared to death about what's happening. And maybe today would even be the day that you just say, hey, I'm going to let the wind of the Spirit just carry me, carry me where God wants me to be. See, God will get you there. It might be scary, but he'll get you there if you'll trust him. God will get you where he wants you to be. If you'll if you just trust him, it, it, might, it might be sometimes you get off course. It might be sometimes it takes a little longer than you think. It might be sometimes it's scary. Number four, write this one down. Sometimes it might be a little painful. See, here's what we see. We see, we see Paul, they finally get on shore. They finally survive the storm. And then in verse number 28, look what happens. So Paul gathers a pile of brushwood, and as he puts it on the fire, look what happens. A viper, driven by the heat, jumps out and fastens itself to his hand. All right, now, you've gone too far. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can deal with shipwrecks, but snakes, man, that's a whole nother story. How many, how many don't like snakes, man? I hate snakes. I figured the devil was a snake. There ain't nothing good about snakes. Like, just seeing a snake would be bad enough for me. But, right, it wasn't just seeing the snake. What happened? The snake jumped out and bit him. It, it, was, it was painful. And here's what you got to understand is that sometimes following God, there's going to be some times when you get bit. I'll just tell you honestly, is it okay if I just be like tra- transparent and honest with you for just a second here today as your pastor? There's been a few times as I've led this church and as I've led in ministry, there's been a few times I've been bit. A few times when it hurt. You know, I'm a, I'm a shepherd, and so my job is to, to lead sheep. And you know, one of the hardest parts about my job is that sometimes sheep bite. They do, and it hurts. And, you know, there's been times when 
I did my best to lead people. There have been times when I've loved people, times when I've been there in, in people's moments of crisis, times when I've prayed for people, times when I've, when I've seen them in the middle, uh, went and see them in the middle of the night, visited them in hospitals, sometimes when I've even given my own, you know, my own money to help people through situations and whatever. And then those very same people that you love and that you were there for turn around and, and do stuff and turn around and say stuff and turn around and post stuff on Facebook that's mean and send you mean emails and gossip and try to try to leave the church and bring people with them. Come on, is it okay if I just tell you the way that it is? And here's the deal. It's not just that way for me as your pastor. It'll be that way in your life. There'll be times when you try to do the right thing and people, people hurt you. I Man, I was thinking about it as I was studying this message a few weeks ago. I was thinking about one instance where there was this family that came to the church and uh, they were, they were going, they lost their job, went through a struggle, and so they needed a vehicle, and we were getting a different vehicle, and so it wasn't a new one, because we were church planters. Church planters don't get brand new vehicles. You just get, you get a little bit better vehicle, okay, and so we got a little bit better one, and we had ours, and we could have went and sold that, that car and put the money towards our new one or, or saved it or put it towards vacation or whatever, but we felt like God asked us to give that car to that family that was struggling, and so we did. We gave them the car, put the title in their name, whatever. And I kid you not, six weeks later, they left the church and told me we're leaving because pastor's not feeding us. Tell me that doesn't hurt. Besides that, I'm going, can I have my car back? You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that to make you feel sorry for me. I'm telling you that this is just what you can expect along the way, that there's going to be times when you get bit. There's going to be times when things hurt. If you follow Jesus for long enough, there will be some snake bites along the way. There will be some pain. God will get you where he wants you, but there might be some pain in the journey. Number five, write this one down, man. You might get off course. You might, it might take longer. It might be scary. It might be painful. And if that's not enough, tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor because you've gone through the pain, you've gone through the struggle, you've gone through the scary part, you've gone through all this stuff, and then you get where God wants you, and it's not where you thought it was going to be. Come on, isn't that the way it is? I mean, here it is. God will get you where he wants you, but it not, might not be where or what you expected. And this is what happens with Paul. Paul thought he was going to, to Italy to preach. And what happens? Paul ends up on, a, on, on an island of Malta. He never, can you imagine, do you think Paul really ever dreamed he would, be, he would be on an island of Malta talking to a guy who's a tribal leader? And, and No, he didn't dream any of that stuff was happening. He was trying to go to Italy and he ended up on Malta. But here's the deal, that's where God wanted him all along. And some of you, let me just shatter your world here for just a second today. Some of you are already where God wants you to be. You just don't see it. And you're looking for that destination that you think that's where God wants you to be. And God might be saying, no, 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 right here, right now, where I've got you is where, you want, where I want you to be. It may not look like what you thought it needed to look like. It may not be called what you thought it would be called. It may not be the position that you thought it would be. But maybe, just maybe, God has been in it all along getting you right to where you are today. Come on, I'm helping you. I'm preaching good stuff. So you say, all right, pastor. Okay. God's going to get me there. It's going to be painful. It's going to be scary. It's going to be a long time. It's going to be, man, what do I do? Like, what's the application point for this whole thing? Well, write this down. This is our application for today. Actually, three things. The first one is this. Man, when you're on the journey, here's what you got to do. You got to stay on the boat. Check this out. Look what, look what it says in, in verse, number, verse number 30. Some of the sailors wanted to leave the ship. They lowered the lifeboat. 
pretending they were throwing more anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul told the officers and the other soldiers, if these men do not what? Everybody say it out loud. Do not stay in the ship. Your lives cannot be saved. Here's the deal, guys. When the journey gets hard, here's the greatest temptation. The greatest temptation is to jump ship. Man, when stuff gets hard, when it's taking longer than you thought it was going to take, when it's more painful than you thought it was going to be, when it's more scary than you thought it was going to be, man, the first temptation is to say, forget this, man. I tried that God thing, and I gave my life to him, and then stuff started happening because there's an enemy coming against us. And, man, this stuff started happening. It was easier to not follow God than it is to follow God. I think I'll just go back to the life that I had before. Man, I tried that church thing, and we went for a little while, and then things got tough, and I don't know if I want to keep doing that or not. Man, we did that whole tithe challenge thing and then finances dropped through the bottom and I don't know if I want to do that anymore and I think I'll, I'll give up on that church thing or I think I'll give up on that God thing or I'll give up on, on that marriage or that job or that relationship or whatever that it is and here's what you've got to understand today is that if you get off the ship, that's when you drown. It's only the ship that's holding you up. It's, it's the boat that's keeping you afloat. Come on, I worked hard on that. That's good. Y'all should have said amen right there. It's the boat. It's keeping you afloat. Some of you say, man, I'd go back to the old life. The only way that you are guaranteed to drown is to jump off the ship. If you want to survive and get where God wants you to go, you got to stay in the boat. It's, it's the boat. It's, it's the relationship with God. It's his word. It's tithing. It's, it's whatever it is for you. It's your faith. It's relationship. Whatever it is that you are tempted to jump ship with, that's the, actually the thing that's going to keep you afloat. And so when we get in these times, man, we've got to do just like Paul did and just like Paul encouraged everyone else. you got to stay on the ship. So everybody say, stay on the ship. Number two, here's what you got to do. you got to shake off the pain. Check this out in Acts 28, verse 4. Paul gathered a pile of sticks, was putting them on the fire, when a poisonous snake came out because of the heat and bit him on the hand. But look what it says in verse 5. But Paul did what? He shook the snake off into the fire and was not hurt. Guess what, guys? There's going to be pain. Guess what? You're going to get bit. Guess what? People are going to say stuff. Guess what? People are going to do stuff. Guess what? Along the way, there's going to be pain. Guess what? Along the way, you're going to get bit. Guess what? Along the way, you're going to get hurt. Guess what? And the player's going to play, 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 play. And the hater's going to hate, 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 hate. But I just got to shake, 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 shake. Come on. Shake it off. Come on. That was good. Y'all could have amen, laughed. Come on. And here's the deal. That sounds funny, but it's true. Stuff's going to happen. Pain's going to happen. You're going to get bit. But here's the secret. You have to shake the, the, the pain off before it hurts you. See, here's, here's what happened is that the Bible didn't say that it didn't hurt. It says he was not hurt. In fact, I like the way it says it in the New Living Translation. It says that he was, he was uh, what does it say? I forgot. <laughs> he was not harmed. He was unharmed. Check this out. It hurt. But he wasn't harmed. Why? Because he didn't, he didn't allow it to take a hold of him. He, got it, he shook it off of him before the poison went down to harm him. It hurt, but it did not harm him. Come on, I'm preaching. I'm helping you today. Some of you, here's the deal, is that you've had stuff that has bit you. You've had situations or people and stuff. And it, I'm, I'm not telling you that it won't hurt. It does hurt. But here's what you have to do. You have to shake it off before the poison goes down inside of you so that it becomes bitterness 
and resentment and anger. And for some of us, here's the problem is that we allow the hurt to get inside of us and then it changes us. And what we got to do is we got to realize, yes, people are going to say stuff, stuff's going to happen, but I got to shake that stuff off and it ain't easy and it's only through God's help, but I'm not going to allow it to take hold of me because when it takes hold of me, then it, then that's when it brings real harm into my life. It might hurt, but it doesn't have to harm. And here's the deal. You can't help what people do to you, but you can help your attitude and your response towards it. And God will get you where he wants you to go, but only if you keep your heart right. Because if you allow bitterness and poison of, of anger to get down inside of you from things that have happened, it will hinder you from God getting you where he wants you to go. So what do you do? You got to shake it off. Everybody say, shake it off. Go like that. Shake it off. Shake it off. See, this is, this is what we're going to do is we're going to stay on the boat. We're going to shake it off. Number three, write this one down. We're going to keep our joy in the journey. Man, I tell you, if anybody was a person who knew how to have joy in the midst of pain, it was this guy, Paul. I mean, we're just studying one story of his life, but you go and you read his writings and you study about his life and some of the stuff that he faced. I mean, not only did he have a shipwreck and a snake bite and all this other stuff, I mean, he I mean, he would throw people through stones at him, I mean, put in prison, all kinds of stuff. And you look at his, the overarching theme of his story, the real dream of his heart was just to go to Rome and preach so that people would get saved. I can imagine even in his mind he might have been thinking, you know, I'll get in the Colosseum and thousands of people will be there and I'll preach the gospel and people will get saved and here's the deal. He got to the Colosseum, but not as a preacher, instead as a prisoner. He stood in that Colosseum and was on trial. And as a result of that trial, he was thrown into prison. I mean, if anybody could have lost his joy, his joy, it would have been Paul. But right in the middle of that prison cell, when life didn't go as expected, when stuff happened and it took a long time and it was painful and scary and all this stuff in the middle of that jail cell, you know what happened in that cell? You know what he did? He wrote a book. You know what one of those books was? The book of Philippians, one of the greatest, one of the greatest books in the New Testament. And you know what the theme of the book of Philippians was? Joy. He's sitting in a in a prison cell. And you know what he writes about? He writes about joy. And you say, how could you have joy when you've had a shipwreck and you've been, you've had stones thrown at you and you've you've had a snake bit and you've had all this stuff, now you're in prison. How can you have, how can you have joy? And he talks about how he could have it in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. He says, For I have learned this, I have learned to be what? Everybody say it out loud, to be content with whatever I have. For I know how to live on almost nothing and with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with the full stomach or an empty stomach with plenty or little. And here's the secret, verse 13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Here's how you have joy in the midst of the pain and the struggle and the problem and the journey and all the stuff that's happening in your life. You can't do it on your own. It can only happen with Christ working in you. So many times we read that scripture and we say, yeah, you know, I can be a better football player because I can do anything through Christ that gives me strength. That's not what it's talking about. What he's talking about actually is the fact that I can be content and I can be filled with joy even when my life is not filled with joy. Why? Because I'm filled with Christ. Some of you are here today. You're looking at your life and you're going, I don't know if God's going to get me where he wants me to go. And I'm telling you, he'll get you there if you just... If you trust him, it may take longer than you 
think. It may be that the journey is not the way you thought it was going to be. It might be scary. It might be painful. When you get there, it might not even be what you expected. But I'm telling you, if you'll stay in the boat and if you'll shake off the pain and the stuff, you'll allow God to heal it. And if you'll keep a joy in the midst of it, God will get you. Thank you.